All right, welcome back to Hunting for Sales. This is Josh Marks. I have a special guest with me today, Jay Penfield. He is a sales extraordinaire, but beyond that, he is a referral guru, certainly someone I look up to and have met with uh, on multiple occasions to sharpen my my game, sharpen my sword. So Jay, what's happening, brother? Good morning. It's great to be here. Love to do anything I can to contribute for the company all the time. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. And yeah, that's one thing about you that I know is you're willing to spend time with people. You're willing to develop them, help them to reach their goals, which is certainly a passion of mine. And that's that's why I love doing what I'm doing and helping people getting better every day. Your side of the business, what you've been focused on, or at least what I know about you, is referrals and commercial sales. Um, but is that all you've ever done? How long have you been in sales, Jay? I'm 64 years old. I started doing sales when I was about 19 years old. I uh, started selling solar in 1985, first time around. So I've uh, been around the block a few times. I was in the mortgage industry at, at one point in time. I ran a jewelry business for 27 years. So I've been in sales like my whole life, really. Wow. So yeah, that's a lot of sales experience, which is great. And it sounds like a lot of different industries as well. Solar, obviously, booming. Everyone on this podcast knows I'm in solar. Um, but jewelry business, you've done some retail environment, mortgage industry, which is great. And uh, is there any similarities to those? Do they transfer over the same skill set or did you learn new things? I've been learning new things all along. When I got in the mortgage business in, nine, in uh, 1999, that was really where things really took off for me. I had a a, a boss that I worked under who said to me flat out, if you live by the phones, you will die by the phones. Mortgage business, like any other business, has its trends. As the rates go up and down, business comes and goes. He said to me, right now the rates are low. The phones are jumping like crazy because of the advertising that we're putting out there. But when those rates start to trend up, those calls are going to slow down and dry up. You better have a referral base set for yourself so that you're able to live through those, those difficult times. So what I would do is I come in the office, for two, three hours in the morning, take inbound calls, set appointments for myself and do business. And then I'd leave and go do lunches with CPAs, financial planners, different types of attorneys, all kinds of professionals. And I'd do mm -hmm. that, call them up and say, Josh, you're in a such and such business. I have clients in this in this area that need your services. I'd like to take you to lunch and vet you out and see if you're somebody I can give my clients to. Can we meet with for lunch? Nobody ever said no to me. Nobody ever said no. I went out to lunch with people every single day. I bought the lunches set up the situations, and within three months, I was doing full 100% referral business. I was not taking calls off, the, off the, the phones anymore. Didn't have to waste my time in the office taking phone calls. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a goal everyone should have, not not being able to or not having to rely on that thing, not having to rely on the on the phones. And so to get these people, uh, real real estate people involved and engaged, you're essentially getting them on the hook saying, hey, how can how can I help you? But how can I furthermore vet you out to make sure that you're good enough? And I, that, I see the psychology behind that. Right. And so that, that was obviously effective. You need to have a relationship with somebody where they know that if they give your name out, you're going to make them look good. You have to make sure that you're doing business with people in such a way that they cannot wait to share your information with the people around them, their friends, family, neighbors, coworkers. When I talk to people, I don't ask them for referrals. I talk about the benefits that they're receiving from what I do for them already. And then as we discuss those benefits, I say to them, Josh, I got to believe that between your friends, neighbor, family, coworkers, at least 10, 15 people that you can think of right now that you'd love to see have the same benefits that you're going to receive from me as well. Is that correct? 
That's right. So here's what I'd like you to do, Josh. I'd like you to do me a favor, call those individuals and discuss with them what I've shared with you and ask their permission to have me call them. And if they say that's okay, then give me the information and I'm going to take care of them just like I took care of you and make them very happy. I want that person in the mindset that they are benefiting their friends, not giving me referrals. I don't want them to think right. about becoming my sales rep. I want them to think about how much they can benefit their friends by introducing us. Yeah, and I love that, you know, and it's not the first time I've heard something like that. I think that a lot of industries, I was in the car industry for a while, we did, we talked about the same thing, talk, talk, talk. But why, you know, how, what makes you successful at it? And I know a lot of it's personality, but certainly there's a lot of reps out there that understand salespeople, that understand how beneficial that could be, but they just don't do it. They don't do it. They don't take that step forward. They don't take that leap of faith. They don't get outside of their comfort zone to do that. So, you know, what makes you comfortable enough to just talk to people in that instance? Like, for, I know you told me a story before, you know, where you had a rep and you were showing him, you know, how you talk to somebody. Could you tell me about that? Oh, absolutely. I had a rep that was fairly new to our industry, into our, our company. And one of the things I think is important is that we all go to our installations and learn about how the process goes. So I took him with me to an installation that we were doing for my clients. And afterwards, I took him to lunch. And we're sitting there at the table at the restaurant. And he says from out of left field, Jay, I don't get it. How do you open up a conversation with somebody you never met before? How do you start the conversation? So I looked at the table next to me on the left side. And there's three men sitting there. I say, hey, guys, you look like contractors or something. What do you guys do for a living? That was my opening line. You guys look like contractors. What do you guys do for a living? And they say, oh, we're plumbers. And one guy hands me his business card. He owns the company. And in a matter of 10 minutes time, I ascertained from this guy that he owns a house in Washington, Michigan for 500 grand. He owns three rental properties and he has a, a farm he just purchased with a bull barn. He's, he's building a marijuana grow operation. Set the appointment with him for 10 o'clock Wednesday the following week at his house. Within 10 minutes of just saying hello to the guy. They get up and leave and Donald says, I can't believe you just did that. That's what do you mean? I just did it. I did it for your, for your, for for your entertainment, for your uh, education, so you can see how right. it's done. And I just like that, you. you did it, and you can do that anywhere, anytime. There's a I bagel mean, shop down the block here from where I work, from my office, and they make the best bagels in town. I walk in one morning a little while ago, and there's a guy standing in front of me in line wearing a BMW shirt. And it's the kind of shirt that you wear if you work for, for BMW, not like a client, right? So just from out of left field, I said, man, they got the best bagels in town in this place. And he turns around. He says, hey, man, thanks for sharing that. I'm not from around here. I wouldn't have known that if you didn't say that. I said, where are you from? He said, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Well, what do you do? I sell BMWs. I knew that. I saw his shirt, <laughs> right? I said, well, that's yeah. interesting that you do that. I said, because I work for, and I gave him my business card. I said, and I'm a commercial industrial representative. One of my biggest targets right now is car dealerships because of all the EV charging stations and so forth and the cars coming out and so forth and dealerships wanting to go you know uh net, net zero and get rid of their carbon footprint and so forth do you own the, the uh dealership or do you just sell because i'm a sales representative you know the owners right he says sure how many dealerships do you have eight i'm now talking to this company that has eight dealerships in atlanta georgia to put solar on eight buildings because mm. i told the guy how great the bagels are no kidding so it's just a striking up a conversation, asking the right questions, figuring out, you know, how you can help somebody in whatever industry they're in. 
That's exactly correct. Mm. So you have to have the confidence in yourself, in your company, and your product. If mm -hmm. you are lacking confidence in any of those three things, yourself, your company, or your product, you will fail. I have 100% conviction in my heart that I am good at what I do. My company is phenomenal. It's the best there is. As far as I'm concerned, that's why I'm here. And our product is phenomenal. Every single person that I bring my product to is going to have immediate benefit. Guaranteed. So as long as I have that conviction in my mind, heart, and soul, they're going to read that from me in my body language and the way I speak. Mm -hmm. If you have lack of conviction in any of those areas, your company, your product, or yourself, you will lose. Man, I love that. Now, obviously, you are confident in what you do, confident in your company and the product, and that confidence shines through, and, and it should. But is there a time or is it majority of the time that you always get some information or get a lead, or is there a lot of rejection? Is there a lot of people that tell you no? It's funny you ask that question about rejection. I do a lot of trade shows. So I was at a trade show a while back in Traverse City, and there are people from all over the country selling their items. And there's a guy sitting next to me, watching me. As he's in the booth, sitting in a chair at the back of the booth on his cell phone, I'm in the middle of the aisle pulling people into my booth. And he's laughing as I'm pulling everybody in because I'm very consistent, right? And he says, Jay, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. He says, how do you deal with the rejection? As what rejection? He says, when somebody doesn't want to talk to you, I say, hey, Bob, how are you? Oh, you don't want to talk? Hey, Mary, how are you doing today? And the next one, and the next one, and the next one is the one that says, yes, let's talk. The ones that reject you, let it go. Yeah. If you get, if you get stuck in that moment of, of uh, the no, it'll kill your whole day. Yeah. There's a thing called call reluctance out there. Call reluctance is when a salesperson has heard somebody knows, they stop asking. So there's a guy I used to work for in the mortgage business who, upon watching me work for a long time, pulled me in front of the whole company one day in front of 3,000 coworkers and says, Jay, I want to ask you a question. Okay, what's the question? How is it possible you have a zero call reluctance about you? I said, Steve, I never heard of call reluctance. What is that? He explains to me what call reluctance is. I said, well, Steve, I'm a 7'3 black belt. Nobody's kicking my ass. The worst I can say is please leave. And that's not painful. So, and on the phone, it's even less painful. Right. So, you don't have to see it right in front of your face. Exactly. So if somebody says no, that's it. I went, I went to a guy's house in, Fl in Flat Rock, Michigan last year on a cold call. On the cold call, he brings me in to do the full presentation with him and his wife, and we have a great deal. I leave his house. I go to the neighbor's house. I pull up in the driveway. Guy comes out of his house with his German Shepherd. I get out of my car that's all bannered up. He says, what the F are you doing on my property? I said, my name is Jay Penfold. I'm with such and such company. And I just met with your neighbors, the Gonzalez family. And I want to come over and share with you what we did over there for them next door and see if I can benefit you. He looks at me and says, what the F are you doing on my property? Yeah. I said, you know what? You're right. I got back in my car and drove to the next house. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, hey, it's not going to work for you. You're not kind of personality to, to take to that. I get it. Move on. If you read that this guy doesn't want to talk to you, there's other fish in the sea, baby. That's right. Keep your head up. Keep motivated. You know, it's funny. I, I'll share a story real quick, too. But uh, our company was was working with 
a big box store. Okay, we had a partnership with this box store, and the idea was the same thing, almost like a trade show. But every Saturday morning, you know, we set it up to where we would go into this store, have a table set up with displays and and iPads and everything, and uh, we'd show people about solar, all right, and what it's going to do for their home. We were able to pull up uh, things on their tablet as well. Well, there wasn't a whole lot of, and I was a manager at the time, there wasn't a whole lot of success coming out of this store, and, and we thought there could be more. And uh, I went to the store after the fourth Saturday where we had like one or two leads. I went to the store and I said, what are we doing? Look, let's let's come on. I'm going to I popped in for it was two hours from my house, but I popped in for a couple hours and I sat with both the people that were there. And it's just the same as what you talked about earlier. They they were sitting behind the table, chilling out, playing on their phone and even with me there. And I said, get off your ass. Right. And go out there and talk to people. I don't care if you have to point them where the restroom is, tell them where the toilet paper is. Right. Show them where the pretzels are, you know, inside of this store. But you have a logoed shirt. They know what you do and say, hey, by the way, you know, I hope you hope you like those pretzels. But also, I want to let you know that we're right up front. And if you ever thought about solar, or if you have any interest at all about solar, I'd love you to stop by. I'll give you some information. You know, the very least, that's what you can do. And if they say no, oh, well, get over it. Uh, but something that my manager at that time said to me, too, about this program was that if you have 100 people in this store, which this is a big box store, you have 100 people in this store and your mission is to talk to every single one of them, 99 people are going to tell you no and they don't have they don't have anything for you. They're not a customer of yours, but one person. So one percent. Right. He's a customer, she's a customer, and that earns you a thousand dollars, let's just say. Would it be worth your day and worth those few hours to go and be uncomfortable to talk to everybody and get that thousand dollars? And that is what sales is, and that's what it is in those certain uh circumstances. So I, I agree with hundred percent with what you're saying there. When it comes down to it, we have to have the mindset. And again, this goes back to having conviction in ourselves, our company, our product. I have the belief in my mind, heart, and soul that when I start speaking to you, the information I'm about to impart to you is so important, so valuable, you can't wait to hear it come out of my mouth. And if I have that <laughs> thought process, and I believe in myself so much, my company, and my product so much, that you can't wait to hear the information, you're going to read that energy coming off of me. Yeah. If I approach you and ask you, uh, sir, my name is Jay and I'm with so-and-so company. And would, can I take a minute to talk to you about the, the energy you're already reading from me is, yeah. is pushing away from me. Yep. If I walk up to you, hey, my name is Jay. What's your name? Josh, Josh, it's great to meet you. Josh, I got to ask you a quick question. If I could take about 10, 15 minutes of your time right now and share with you what I could do to benefit you and get you to reduce your dependence on the power company and save a great deal of money and make your own energy. Would you want to invest that 10, 15 minutes just to talk with me real quickly? That's different energy. What have I just done with you? I've gone fishing. I've thrown that hook out, made you bite that hook. Yep. Everybody wants to learn how they can save money. Everybody hates the power company and the rising cost of energy and wants to get that under control. So yeah. if I can get you to talk to me about hearing what I had to say about how I can get you off that roller coaster of paying that rent payment to the power company for the rest of your life. It's only 10, 15 minutes right now of your time just to get started. Right. By the time we're done, I'll have you going on your phone to your app, to your power company and emailing me your electric bill while we're standing there. And that's what I do. 
I get people to literally go on their phone right there while I'm talking to them, go to their app to their phone co- to their power company, and send me their their bill right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. Because they get excited. When I was selling solar in 1985, six, seven, early on, it was thermal solar, it wasn't electricity. And I would go to people's doors, knock on the door at 6.30 at night, you know, right after dinner. My name is Jay Penfell. I'm with such and such company. If I could take 10, 15 minutes of your time right now and share with you how I can help you to save 6% of your electric bill, your gas bills moving forward, would you want to invest that 10, 15 minutes of time? Would you turn to yeah. an hour and me walking out with a $5,000 check from you? Exactly. Closing at the house on the cold call, walking in the door saying hello, walking out with a $5,000 check and a signed contract. No kidding. How you speak to them, how you get them on that hook is crucial. And if you feel great about what you're doing and you know you're going to benefit them, you're going to help them out, and they feel that, mm-hmm. they're going to want to hear what you have to say. If you go up, him and hawing and ah, uh, I was wondering if I could like talk to you for a minute or two about you. you know, I, Maybe. I yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're gone. You just cut your own yeah. throat. Yeah. You know? I teach people in the company how to go out there and prospect, how to cold call and knock on doors. Yep. I've got a script I give to the people, and they say, great, I'm going to use this today. I say, no, don't use it today. Why? Because you don't understand it yet. You haven't got the flow down yet. And when you knock on that door and you mess up, and that client closes the door on you, it closes the door on our whole company. Because yeah. now every time somebody gets a phone call from that company of ours, oh, that's the guy that came to our house. They don't know what they're talking about. No, they've all shut their mind off. Yeah, I want you to impression. go back to your office, get with your DM, your ADM, your fellow SECs, SAMs, Whoever you're working with there, I want you to role play the heck out of it so it's so smooth you can talk about it in your sleep. Yeah. And you can you can do the pivots that are necessary in the conversation as you're getting the conversation going with them and they're responding to you. You don't get tripped up because you you got this this image of a speech you got to go through line by line by line. No, no, it's got to be interactive. You got to know the material well enough so you can go back and forth with the person and make it a conversation that benefits them. Yeah, I love that. I mean, and I'm trying to trying to put it out there, too, that it's not always as easy as and we talked about rejection and moving on from rejection. But I know of a story one time where you did walk in and cold call uh, and you did have somebody with you when you did it. And more often than not, you know, when someone says no or when someone says, ah, we don't have time right now, you turn around and you walk out. Most most salespeople will. But a strong and confident salespeople will not take that as as a as a final answer. And so I'd love if you could share that story that you told uh, me a little while ago. We had a guy come to the company from the gas industry. And he was a young guy, a sharp guy, knew how to use the computer and stuff. But like most people in today's business, didn't know how to cold call, didn't know how to get in people's faces. So I took him like I do with everybody in the company out with me cold calling. So when I go cold calling on, on businesses, for example, I have my tablet in my hand. Before I ever walk in the door, I pull up that building on satellite. I want to see what that roof looks like. So I see it's a great roof. We go inside. I got my cut sheet, my flyer that's got all my information on it. We walk up to the receptionist. And I hand her my cut sheet and I say, my name is Jay Penfield with such and such company. Is the owner available? And she looks at my cut sheet, turns to the owner who's standing there and says, hey, Mitch, are you interested in this shit? Just like that, she says it to him. <laughs> he takes Damn. my cut sheet, looks at it, and says, no, not really. And Adam starts walking for the door. I said, Adam, hold on a second. We're not done yet. I said, Mitch, you said no pretty quickly. I'm just curious. What was your first concern about what we do? 
well, my roof's not designed for this. It's not really good for this. I said, well, Mitch, come over here a second. I pull up my computer, my, my tablet, show him his picture of his roof. Is this your roof right here? He says, well, yeah. I said, Mitch, your roof has a perfect southern tilt to it. There are no taller trees or buildings on the south side shading your roof. All of your HVAC is tucked into the southeast corner of the roof there. Your entire roof is totally open and exposed, and that roof looks like it's, what, three to five years old? He goes, I think it was like three years ago we did the roof. I said, Mitch, your roof is perfect for what we do. And he looks at me and says, why don't you come into my conference room? I turned to Adam and said, follow me. <laughs> come on in. Let's we, go. Sat, we sat down in, in Mitch's conference room for 45 minutes. He has three buildings in Ypsilanti, one in North Carolina. We looked at all four of them, got all the electric bills for all four buildings, and we left. As we're walking to the car, Adam says, I can't believe you have 45 minutes of his day on a cold call. Yeah. As I can't believe you're walking for the door on the first no. When someone tells you no, that's opening the conversation for you to figure out why and get past the objection. Yep. If you're going to fold up your tent and go home on the first no, go sell shoes at the mall or something. Oh, you know? <laughs> yeah, 100%. This is big boy league. You're talking to owners of companies. You're talking to commercial and residential. I mean, people invest a lot of money every single month into their electricity bill, but also to their home and, and building equity in that home. And that's uh, for solar. I know I don't want to stay just with solar, but with solar, that's important. And just knowing your craft, believing in what you do and loving what you do. And I guess that's a final topic, Jay, that I wanted to hit on was the last episode that I did uh, was a short little 15 minute blurb, but it talked about loving what you do. And so often I see we bring in salespeople and they get burnt out quickly or maybe it's not for them you know and so you have to have this competitive nature this passion behind what you do every day to be successful in sales truly successful not be able to pay your bills and live on minimalistic needs i mean truly successful in sales because the sky is the limit and that's i tell people this too and i did a recent interview um on this but you know in sales with commission only there's no ceiling, you know, as far as what you can achieve, right? You can you can keep going up and up and up. Now, on the flip side, yeah, there's no net. Nothing's going to catch you if you fall, right? But that is what drives you even further in most cases. For me, that's what drives me is I don't have a guarantee. You know, I'm going to keep on working my ass off. Every single day, I'm going to stay involved with my people, stay involved with my process. I'm going to get ahead, find the next thing that I can take control of and really hone in on that process or those people or both. And so I love doing that. I love waking up to it. I love, you know, going to sleep with it. I love reporting numbers and saying we're getting better and better and better. And yes, there's up and downs. It's just we call it a roller coaster of sales. But, you know, loving what you do, staying after, staying aggressive every day. Is that something that you have natural? Is that, I could tell, by the way, it should do. It's not a rhetorical question, I guess. But is that natural to you? I know you love what you do. Tell me about it. My mother was in a conversation years ago with a friend of hers. Her friend said, Joni, my mom was Joni. If an oak tree would talk, Jay would talk back. My mother said, Jay will start the conversation. It's just <laughs> that simple. I love people. I love what I do. And I'm all, I've always been a person that, that that does not work for a paycheck. I don't work for a paycheck. I work for a cause. I'm cause motivated. I'm cause oriented. When I see what's going on with the world today, with the with the energy situation and so forth, with the cost of, of energy and so forth, I want to make the change. I want to be the part mm -hmm. of the change. I want to benefit the people I talk to. Every single person I talk to receives benefit. 
And even if I can't help them directly, maybe they know somebody that I can help. Because there's a lot of times we talk to people where their house is not right, their situation is not right, their business is not right. We can't benefit them, but they know somebody, once we've educated them, that we can benefit. So I love being the instructor. I love being the teacher. I love going out there and sharing the information, being the Pied Piper, so to speak, mm -hmm. and getting that information across. And if I can help that person, great. If I can help 10 people that they're friends with, that's great. If I can help three businesses they interact with, that's great. Be out there doing the job. Love the job. Love what you do. If you love what you do, if you love your company, you love your product, you'll be great. Don't work for a paycheck. Dan Gilbert, I used to work for years ago. Billionaire, number 26, wealthiest guy in the world. I work directly for him. He has his Danisms that he gave to everybody to build the culture of his company. I like that. My favorite, my favorite Danism is the one that says the money never leads. It always follows. The money never leads, always follows. If you leave your house in the morning trying to worry about your paycheck, you're going to burn yourself out because if it doesn't come, you hurt yourself. If you go out mm -hmm. there with the goal that you're going to invest in somebody today, you're going to teach somebody something today, you're going to improve somebody's life somebody today, if that's your goal and you do it right, the sales will come, the business will come, the paycheck will come, you'll be fine. What is your why? The owner of my company says, what is your why? All the time I hear him say, what is your why? My why is to benefit people. My why is to make this a better company. My why is to make this a better society with solar. My why is not my paycheck. I my paycheck that. comes, but it's not my why. I love that. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't go out there chasing the money, and, and most successful people do not. They chase their passion. They chase their why, and they work hard as hell on that every single day to get better and better, and the paychecks will come. You'll get recognition. You'll get paycheck. All those things will come, but if you have a passion underneath the skin, so to speak, you are going to you're going to achieve success. Yeah, it's, it's just that simple. I got a deal I'll discuss real quickly that I'm working right now, and then I'll, I'll let you do what you got to do to finish up. Yeah. There's a client in Ohio that was brought to me, and they said to me, our, our parent company in, in Japan told us that between the 11 locations in the United States, we had to collectively drop our carbon footprint by 40 metric tons. Mm. We've already got one company that came to us and gave us a bid for $3.5 million. What can you do for us? I looked at their whole property and dis all the discussion I had with the president of the company there. I came back with three proposals totaling $9.8 million, six megawatts of solar. As I presented this to them, they said, you know, they, we told you the competition is at three and a half million. How are you being competitive at, at $9.8 million? I said, let's go back to what you told me in the first meeting that your, your parent company wants you to hit this goal of carbon reduction of 40 metric tons in the next year. If you put that science project, and I use those words, hmm. if you put the science project project on your, on your property for three and a half million dollars at an 18% offset, you will never hit your goal. Right. If your goal is truly... 40 metric tons gone, you need to be, have me do for all of your locations what I'm proposing to you here at $9.8 million. Now, you can do it in one, two, or three phases because the way I put it together for you, you can do it one phase at a time or two or three at once. It's up to you. But if you want to hit that goal, if that goal is a real goal that your parent company is telling you about, this is what you need to do. Two weeks later, they called me back and they said, we just came back from Japan, went through all the proposals, you won the bid. The downside is we're not going to close till Q2 of 23 because that's what they're doing. They're budgeting for the purchase for Q2 of sure. 23. But we won the bid. Well, we won the bid. million. Fantastic. 
So, so you can't be scared. You have to be confident in what you're doing. You have to explain what you're doing. It's not all about price. It's about, you know, it, it's about so much more than that. And, and you can't always go in there and say, oh, they're at three and a half. That's what they're, that's the max they're going to spend. No, it ain't. Not for commercial, not for personal, not for residents, right? It's you. It's about the product and what's going to do for them. And then furthermore, having confidence when you explain it to them. We're almost if out of the time. Confidence, if you have the confidence to, to, to stand your ground and do what's right, you'll succeed. That's simple. I love it. Well, Jay, I don't want to take any more of your time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on. And, and I'd love to have you on again. You're a wealth of knowledge. And uh, again, thank you. And to our listeners, thank you. Share it, like it, spread it around. Uh, we want to help as many people as we can. 